Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, Hood Classics, Good Classics, Derek. I want to be excited about this shit because they're getting to the point where she's going to be turning over a new leaf and be a good girl or whatever, but I'm not. I'm not. I ain't getting fooled by this shit. I'm not falling for it. They're still going to do some sort of fuckery or else she's going to be so over the top goody goody now that it's just going to be fucking annoying. I don't know. Also... Two of the listeners uh, sent me a TikTok of somebody making fun of urban novels and how they're read and how they're written and all that kind of stuff. And it was really good. Um, But while they were doing it, and thank you both, uh, while I was listening to it, rather, I couldn't help but think about how every single book has the same thing, the voluptuousness and the clothes design and all that kind of stuff and the tight ass and all that kind of stuff. Big ass, sorry. Voluptuous titties. And then I realized that every single book that I've read that has those sort of terms in it has the same thing, which is the male gaze. It's written by men. And so then that sicked me out because this book is written by a man and he's just really sexualizing underage kids. Anyhow, a college boy. Tracy, pick up the phone, Patty yelled up the steps. Tracy sprinted to her room from the bathroom. Okay, I got it. Hello? Yo, it's Brucey. Well, I haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, I told you I'd be away, but what have you been up to? Nothing. Well, who's your new boyfriend? I don't have one. Yes, you do. Boy, how are you just going to come home and tell me I got a boyfriend? Because you can't function without one. Yes, I can. I don't need y'all. Yeah, you need us more than you think. Well, if I do, I don't need your ass, Tracy snapped, getting annoyed. I know, because I'm not a celebrity. Tracy sighed and said, you know what, Bruce? You need to get a life. What? I said you need to move on from me. Bruce thought about it. But what if I don't want to? Well, I don't know what to tell you. But you can't keep calling me up and acting as if we still have something going. Because we don't. I'm just trying to be straight with you. I mean, we could be friends and whatnot, but we're never going to be anything more than that. We are never, ever, ever, ever getting back together. I feel like Taylor Swift wrote that song. I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like she wrote that song because she's a white girl and it was a white girl who sang it. And that's how my mind works. 
Yes, there are some white women that I know their music, but it ain't Taylor Swift. It's folks like Kendra and uh, Estero and Tina Marie. Gosh, I just realized I don't know a lot of white women's music. Sheesh. That's all I wanted to be. Tracy smirked. Yeah, right. She thought to herself. Bruce said, so that's how you feel about us, huh? He still had visions of being her only man. I'm just trying to be truthful with you. Bruce was silent for a moment. All right, then, if that's the way it is. Tracy could only wish that there was some other way to ease his longing for her, but there wasn't. Bruce didn't attract her in a long-term relationship way. There had only been small moments of pleasure between them, and nothing that would last. Look, Bruce, I'm about to go out, she told him. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to find yourself someone else. Frustrated by love, Bruce hung up on her. He didn't slam down the phone, but he simply didn't know what else to say. The girl of his dreams had shattered them. Tracy looked at the phone in her hand and exhaled. God, that was tough, she moaned. But there was no sense in leading him on about it, she pondered. The sooner I told him, the better. On her way with her mother to a Cheltenham store to sell boxes of party snacks and accessories, Tracy thought of Mercedes. Not a word was spoken on their half-hour journey. Once they had arrived at the store, a young cashier was guilty of watching Tracy with lustful eyes and undercounted their total. Tracy laughed when Patty brought it to her attention, but it wasn't funny enough to disperse her depressing thoughts about Mercedes. She got back home and stretched out across her bed, reflecting on her own life. A photo on her dresser of when she was 10 reminded her of the times when she had first begun her interest in boys. She smiled, remembering the arguments she had had with her young girlfriend inside of the schoolyard. I wonder what they're up to now, she pondered. Then she began to frown, remembering the misguided things that Mercedes had told her. Boy, was she wrong, she mumbled to herself. That stuff she told me ain't get me in nothing but trouble, and look where it got her. Tracy wished that she could return the favor and give Mercedes some advice. Yet, her advice would be of a much more constructive nature. She did come to a realization, however, of the double standards of gender through her experiences. Boys were much less inhibited. They could sex over a hundred girls and be the man. A girl would be considered a whore if she did the same. And guys never had to worry about monthly cycles slowing them down. It just ain't fair, Tracy told herself. Then she giggled and said, I wish that some of them could experience a period. Tracy's Sweet Sixteen party was packed, but she didn't invite her college friends. She didn't want to remind them how young she was. Patty felt a lot safer about having Tracy's party with her husband around. The rowdy boys who showed up at their front door immediately took notice of him. David never looked like a pushover. He had come up through the Philadelphia gang era, so a group of rowdy youngsters did not ruffle his feathers at all. Rahima had even enjoyed herself while hanging out with Jantel. They made good companions. Jantel was a lot more stable with her virginity. You just have to find something for yourself to do, she advised. Like running track, huh? Rahima asked with a cup of punch in her hand. Jantel smiled. Well, everybody can't run track, but find something that you like to do and something that you're good at. Like what? Rahim asked herself. She had participated in a dance class, but she didn't consider herself good at it. Dance had taken too much out of her. Neither she nor Tracy had taken another dance class. It was a one-time event, for sure.
All the Rahima could think about that gave her any kind of enjoyment was reading books and gossiping, which basically did the same thing for her. Both took her away from thoughts about her own dull life. She figured that if she couldn't do some of the wild and crazy things that other people did, she could at least read or converse about them. Rahima could write her own book on the things that Tracy had told her about her life, and it was far from over. Tracy had a way of drawing engaging life stories in everything that she did, yet her junior year of school was boring from inception. Her elaborate style of dress slacked off, allowing the other girls at school to steal her show. What was the use of it? She had already been fly. She was more interested in moving on. Tracy began to think about her friend Carmen while she walked through the halls. Carmen was still living fast. She didn't seem to care about reevaluating her life. She had started doing it earlier than nearly everyone. Carmen was the one girl that Tracy knew of personally who had had venereal diseases. Nevertheless, she kept right on doing it. Tracy began to daydream as she sat in class, cringing at even the thought of having a socially transmitted disease. What'd you say, Tasha? She commented, catching a whisper about her less than fashionable jeans. She had borrowed the bell-bottom style from her college friends, and bell-bottom jeans were not yet acceptable amongst high school circles in Philadelphia. I ain't say nothing to you, Tasha lashed out at her. Girl, I heard you. How you know I was talking about you? Tracy grimaced and said, I'm the only one I see in here with bell-bottoms on. The class then broke into wild laughter. Tracy had a lot of courage trying to establish her own dress code in high school. Conforming to what was hip and what was not was a basic rule among teens in any town. What's the problem? The teacher interjected. No, she gonna accuse me of talking about her. Tasha said, speaking up first through a smile. The teacher grinned at their youthful silliness. Girls, cut out the pettiness and finish reading the two paragraphs, please. Class ended shortly after the outburst. Tracy then went and joined Jantel inside the lunchroom. They had the same lunch period. Jantel announced, I hate that little bitch. She had gained a few pounds and looked good in her toned brown frame, like the track starter she had become. Jantel never wore anything glamorous, and she kept her hair short for sprinting purposes. Who are you talking about? Tracy asked her. That freshman girl with the Gucci sweatsuit. Tracy smiled. You're getting jealous, huh? No, but I mean, that girl thinks she's it. So what? You got your own life to live. People know you all over the city. Especially after the pen relays. Y'all almost beat William Penn last year, Tracy alluded. She was proud of her good friend, and she was glad that they had squashed her differences. Yeah, we're going to go up against him again this year. This is the fastest team we had in a while, Jantel added with a smile. Tracy nodded and said, See that? That girl won't be running in the pen relays with thousands of people watching her. She's just having her fun. Jantel thought it over and shrugged. Yeah, I guess you're right. The Gucci girl flirted in the lunch line. She was pretty and dark brown skin with a big butt. The guys were all up on her info. Who is that? They asked themselves. Tracy said, we did the same thing our freshman year. Yeah, but I didn't have $300 sweatsuits on either. Tracy grinned. Oh, that's why you don't like her? No, not only that, but they be acting like they own the school or something. Come on now, that's kid stuff. We getting too old for that, Tracy commented. She went on to her next class after lunch break and daydreamed about being married with kids and living in a nice house with a charming husband. Her urge for security was rising, especially after her father had come back home. That's all it took, huh?
father coming back home and her finding out Mercedes was on drugs, which still. But that's all it took to turn her into this. Daydreaming about having a, a husband and children and settling down and wearing bell bottoms. And we were like that once. Motherfucker, you're 15. Okay? If when, when my son was six, he turned vegetarian. He wouldn't eat meat. He meant that shit. For like six months. Then he realized his dad could cook. And it wasn't like the stuff he was getting at his uh, kindergarten for lunch. And then he was back to being an omnivore. With the lack of a boyfriend, she was becoming envious of her mother's happiness. Tracy wanted what Patty had. A handsome guy to be there for her. Was he though? Was Dave there for Patty? Like, we're just going to act like those last nine years didn't happen? Okay. Okay, Tracy. I just want you to know that college is a different atmosphere from high school. Things move extremely fast here. I can handle myself, Lisa. Tracy folded her legs in the back of Lisa's blue Toyota. See, y'all? She thinks she grown, and she don't know anything about college life. Why are y'all hanging out with a 15-year-old? Unless it's your little sister, somebody's cousin, somebody something. Why are y'all kicking it with Tracy? Like, seriously. Ew. Like, are you mentoring her? Like, if you are, then why are y'all taking her to a party? They were headed for City Line Avenue on the west side of Philadelphia to attend a Cheney State University party. Uh-huh. I got a little sister like that who's pregnant now, said Joanne, sitting in the front pasture seat. She was dark and thick-bodied, wearing African kente fabric wrapped around her head that matched the cloth bag that she carried. Lisa, on the other hand, was real light-skinned, or damn near white. She had her hair twisted in baby dreadlocks. Well, I'm on the pill, Tracy said proudly. Well, excuse me, girlfriend is ready for the world, Joanne retorted sarcastically. Lisa added, yep, and we better watch out for who tries to get her, because you know these press freshman boys are dying to get their hands on some fresh high school meat. This whole relationship makes no sense. Uh-uh, Tracy grunted with a grin. Ain't nobody getting this meat. Do your parents know you're on the pill? The girlfriend sitting in the backseat with Tracy asked. Tracy looked at her as if she were crazy. Uh-uh. Kiwana was a shade darker than Tracy. She had long, silky hair, looking like Mercedes used to look. Kiwana had been in music videos and aspired to be an actress and a playwright. Tracy was impressed with her, and she secretly coveted her name. She repeated it to herself as if it was her own. Kiwana Ellison. Kiwana Ellison. Yeah, they have that confidentiality rule, Joanne informed her. Oh yeah, that's right, Kiwana said with a nod. Lisa said, well, birth control doesn't have anything to do with being a tramp or not. And we got a Miss Goodfoot in here, y'all. She thinks she knows all the right moves. Lisa loved to talk. She hadn't stopped since they had picked Tracy up. Everyone else was enjoying the ride. When they pulled up at Cheney State, the campus grounds were packed, and it was an interesting change of scenery for Tracy. The students possessed an air of importance. But a lot of them dressed like black hippies at Tracy. She chuckled at that, and she had already begun to copy their fashions. After paying to enter the party, 
Fraternity members were bouncing around, dancing and screaming, We are the brothers from such and such. Sorority sisters began meowing like cats. Others made hooting noises. Fraternity members wearing purple and gold then barked into the party in a single file line and began removing their shirts and pants, displaying their underwear while they entertained the crowd with their ritual of a dance. The whole thing was a totally different world to Tracy. So this is college, she thought with a smile. They are bugging out in here. Tracy turned down her first dance offer. The second guy was more handsome, so she danced with him. She had been used to dealing with older guys, but none of her flings were college types. Tracy was curious. So, are you a freshman, Mr. Handsome Master? Nope, I'm still in high school, Tracy answered, too proud to lie about it. He gave her a second look and said, Damn, you look old as hell to be in high school. You got a boyfriend? No. Nah, a pretty girl like you? He began to stare into Tracy's hazels, but his tone turned her off. Mr. Hanson was too damn simple-minded for her idea of a cool college guy. She thought of him as a nag. Look, I'm about to go get some water, she told him, stepping away. Well, I want to talk to you when you come back, he said, as Tracy faded into the crowd. Lisa asked, so, did anyone try and talk to you yet? Yeah, that tall dude right there, Tracy responded, looking through the crowd and spotting Mr. Handsome. Oh, that's Sax. Sax? His name is Sax? Tracy asked quizzically. No, girl, we just call him that because he swear he can play some jazz. But he do be jamming, though. Yep, Joanne added. Kiwana said, yeah, don't worry about him. The boy has a serious ego problem. Hey, what's up, girl? A handsome, muscular guy with a golden brown complexion stepped up and asked Lisa. He then slammed his big arm around her shoulder. Hey, Carl, when'd you get here? I'm just walking in now. Tracy liked him immediately. He seemed cool as if he had everything under control, and the tank top that he wore displayed his attractive muscular arms. Well, how come y'all not doing this party, Carl? Kiwana asked him. Carl said, we had this other party last night out West Philly. That party was so live, Kia. My name is Kiwana, Carl. How many times do I have to tell you that, she retorted. Carl hugged her with his thick, golden brown arms. I know, girlfriend, but I like to call you Kia because you're so cute and cuddly. Tracy was envious again. She wanted Carl to wrap that beautiful body his around hers. Lisa said, oh, so y'all just said the hell with this party, huh? Carl answered, no, but plans were made weeks ago. And we didn't know if we'd be able to do this one or not. He then looked at Tracy tenderly. She responded quickly and before he could turn away from her. How you doing? Oh, this is my little girlfriend, Tracy, Lisa interjected. Carl's golden brown skin shined in the flashing disco lights. He had a soothing personality. Tracy felt relaxed around him, as if they had known each other for years. Well, can I dance with the charmer? He asked Lisa. Yeah, I'll dance with you, Tracy answered. Carl was impressed by her assertiveness. They eased out onto the dance floor where he asked her, So, are you still in high school? Yep, she perked. Carl smiled at her exuberant energy. I figured you were since Lisa called you her little girlfriend, but it really doesn't matter too much to me. Why not, she asked. Because, wait for it, ladies and gentlemen, the social age of a person is more important than just a number. I started school early because my birthday's in January, so I'm not much older than you are. Age ain't nothing but a number. 
Are you an English major or something? Tracy asked, listening to his proper diction. He seemed a lot more easygoing with this speech than her previous friend Keith did. Carl didn't seem concerned with putting on airs. Well, yeah, but I'm more than that, actually, he answered. What do you mean, Tracy quizzed. I'm majoring in communications, which entails more than just an English requirement. I also play football. Ain't nobody impressed. Only person you're going to impress by that is a high schooler, a 15-year-old. Because, yeah, you're, a, you're in communications, so that entails more than just English. But, motherfucker, every major entails more than just English. Every major entails English. So, I'm in communications. Like, shut the fuck up. Oh, Tracy said, smiling. The more they talked, the more she liked them. Do you plan on getting married soon? She asked, jumping ahead of herself. She figured that Patty had met her husband at a campus party, so why not her? Carl said, you know, a lot of guys are shy away from that question, but I feel as though I could, if the right girl came along and caught me off guard. Yes, Tracy thought. He's marryable. Nigga, you're 15. Why she gotta catch you off guard, she wanted to know. Because, to be truthful, I'm not looking straight down the aisles of a wedding, or at least not yet. I mean, I'm only a sophomore. And since I skipped, I'm only 18 years old. You're acting as if I'm 25 already. Yo, what's up, Carl? A tall friend interrupted, shaking his hand. Carl was just a few inches taller than Tracy, but his friend appeared to be a basketball-slamming giant. He looked into her face and stepped back. Damn, you always get the good ones, huh, young boy? Carl smiled and said, no, she's just my friend. Well, I would love to have a friend like her, the giant said, laughing before he walked away. It was upsetting to be so close to such a gorgeous person to be called just a friend. Tracy didn't like the sound of that, yet just met him like seven minutes ago, Tracy. Maybe eight if we're lucky. We started dancing and love put us into a groove. As soon as we started to move. Nigga, calm down, okay? You sound bad. Do you have a girlfriend or something? She asked. No. Well, how many girls are you talking to? I'm talking to you right now. Tracy raised her brow, confused. What do you mean by that? I mean, I want to talk to you. Matter of fact, come here. Carl led Tracy by the hand. Her college girlfriends were all off doing their own things by then. Tracy followed Carl over to one of his friends, who was standing near the turntables. She was wondering what Carl was doing. She was apprehensive about saying anything, though. She figured that she would simply trust him. Carl yelled, hey, Joe, you got some paper back there? Yeah, hold up, Joe said, looking in the corner of the stage set. Once he received the paper and a pen, Carl wrote his phone number down. He didn't ask Tracy for hers. Tracy asked with a smile, don't you want mine? Carl checked out her earrings. Patty had given them back to her. Oh, I'll get it from you when you call me, he said, touching them. Tracy didn't like guys to touch her earrings, but what the hell? She trusted him. After nine minutes now, Carl said, you know, you don't need those big clumsy things, Tracy. You're already attractive in my eyes. You don't need any artificial additives. Tracy beamed and thought, that was a good one. I like that. He has class. He's a hotep. He sounds hotep-ish. Tracy and her college girlfriend squeezed back into the Toyota at the night's end. Patty had met Tracy's new friends weeks ago, deciding it would be good for her daughter to hang out with college girls, and Dave had agreed. You, you know that also leads to college boys, right? Like, she's 
15. Nobody's listening to me. That's why I keep saying it. If somebody from the book would be like, yeah, nigga, we hear you. I'd be like, oh, shit. I'd also throw my iPad out the window. Because it's obviously haunted. But still, it'll get Tracy's head screwed on right and get her focused towards going to school, Patty told him. She also gave Tracy a warning. You make sure you keep them panties on up there unless you feel like you're ready to raise your own household. You hear me? Tracy, wake up, girl, Kiwana said, shoving her inside of the car. Lisa asked from the wheel, is she asleep? Girl, she knocked out like a baby. You give her the shenanigans? They give her the shenanigans. Joanne said, it like her and Carl were strapped together all night. Tracy grinned with her eyes still closed. Oh, she heard that, Kiwana said, noticing her smile. So you talking to him now or what, she asked. Yeah, I guess so, Tracy told her. Joanne smiled. Hmm. She went up there and booked a guy on her first night. A good one at that. Yeah, well, Carl's kind of young anyway, but he is nice, Lisa said. Kiwana only smiled at the idea. She had turned Carl down before, but it wasn't because she didn't like him. She simply had someone else in mind for her affections. Someone older. That's it. That's that's the end of that whole sequence. They they just want you to know that Kiwana wants somebody older. They don't say what older is or what, what guy it is or anything like that. I hope it's one of her friend's boyfriends. Like, let's get some actual drama out of that. Because if you're just saying she wanted somebody else, somebody older, that's just, it's, it's, nigga, he's 18. Everybody's older than 18. Like, that you should be talking to, I would hope, college student. Like, y'all niggas is literally using... The age ain't nothing but a number in this book way too fucking much. So kudos to Kiwana for being the only one who's like, I need somebody who's over 18. Somebody who knows how to, you know, actually be an adult. Even though they don't know how to be an adult either. They're like fucking 24 and 25. My eldest daughter is, <laughs> she don't know how to be an adult either. She's still learning. She's about that same age. So, Yeah. But I don't think they're 24 and 25, though. I think they're like 21 and 22, which is even fucking worse. My younger daughter and younger and, and eldest son are 21 years old each. And trust me, nah. Nah. It's fucked up we uh, expect these kids to suddenly learn how to do when they turn 18, though. And it's fucked up what we expect them to be able to do by themselves when they turn 21. And then we put alcohol into the mix and expect them to make good decisions. Nah. 21 years ain't that long, my guy. Like, if you really think about it in the long thread of life, 21 years ain't shit. If people are living to be 109 years old and 101 years old and 90 years old, 21 isn't even a third of their lives. And you expect them to be able to go out there and be functioning adults, go to college where there's other people who don't know how to act, who are throwing parties every fucking day and expect them to not drink, expect them to not have sex, expect them to go to their classes at eight o'clock when they were out all night the night before, expect them to make good decisions without you being there. My son doesn't even wake up unless we call him for school. He has an alarm. The shit just is it. I guess it folds into its dream because he don't hear it. So. What do you expect is going to happen when they're 18 and by themselves in college? What do you expect is going to happen when they're 21 and they're at home and they got their own place and their own job and their own life because they're an adult? And you expect them to be responsible. Like, I see these kids out here nowadays, like, 
16, 17, and all I can think is y'all are babies. And when my mom used to say that to us, when my grandma used to say that to people as they would walk past, you 17, you a baby. I'd be like, no, I'm 17. They're babies. They still don't know shit. I mean, I'm in my 40s and I don't know shit, so what the fuck you think they know? Emotionally and physically, 18, 18 through 21 ain't older. It's not grown. We're just putting these kids in situations and telling them, be responsible for yourself for the first time ever. Kids who have had silver spoons, kids who have had parent, helicopter parents, kids who have had parents who held their hand through every aspect of life. And now we're dropping them off at college and saying, good luck. And when kids come back with drinking problems, kids come back with STDs, kids come back with drug habits, we're like, what the fuck happened? Well, you left an irresponsible person in a place where there are other irresponsible people. In my opinion, going away to college can either be an enriching experience or it can be like prison. Because when you send somebody to prison who's not really a criminal, they usually come out a better criminal. At least that's what all the books and movies say. So if you send somebody to college who's not prepared to go to college, I wasn't prepared for college. I'll be real with you. I went to college and I came back with a 0.7 grade point average when I was 18. And uh, thankfully, no children. Uh, had my first sexual experiences in college. Uh, had my first drinks in college. Smoked my first joint in college. Didn't really like the weed at all. It made me feel weird. I felt like that shit was laced. Um... But every bad experience had my first experience with racist people, like real life in my face, racist, fuck you, nigger experience in college. And there was nobody around for my support system because back then there were no cell phones. There wasn't no Zoom, wasn't no Skype. It was just me experiencing this stuff for the first time on my own. Saw, saw somebody um, drive drunk for the first time in college. Drove drunk for the first time in college. Bad experiences. Chose to go to work at a restaurant and schedule 8 o'clock classes in college. These kids ain't grown. Tracy slept good that night. Finally waking up in mid-afternoon. It was a chilly Saturday, but the sun shone through all the windows, warming her face. And Jason was busy running around the house, up and down the steps, letting Tracy know it was a normal weekend. She then began to smile up at the ceiling, wondering how she and Carl would get along as a couple. Wasn't it? It's only been one. We started dancing and... Patty flung her door open. Get up, Tracy. You think you're going to lap in bed all day? You got work to do. And you can start by hanging up all these clothes and mess all over this damn room. Her mother walked back out, leaving the door open. And Tracy continued to lie there, uninspired. Jason yelled, Mommy, she's not getting up. That nigga's an op. He walked over to the bed and sat on Tracy's leg. He wore a bright red, green, and blue Oshkosh outfit, and he had a new haircut. Oshkosh? Red, green, and blue? Is it the overalls? With the overalls over it? Because if that, if so, that ain't Oshkosh, nigga. That's child's play. Like, ugh. Um, also, I don't really know if they mean that she's going to start cleaning, because I don't hear no Christian music playing or R&B blaring in the background. If you heard... Uh, that you know Isley Brothers playing on a Saturday that means you gotta get up my mom would just bump the fucking vacuum cleaner into my door over and over again so she'd be cleaning you just hear while you're trying to sleep 
again. Oh, are you awake? Well, since you're awake, you can take care of this. Ain't no music playing. Go back to sleep, Tracy. She don't mean it. Tracy responded, shaking him from her leg. Get off me, boy. Jason laughed, attempting to sit on her again. Stop playing, Jason, she warned. No, Mommy told you to get up. See, you're going to make me hurt you, Tracy said, leaning up to grab him. Jason jumped up and ran out of her room, giggling. Tracy decided to get up and take a shower before she did her house chores. Once she was halfway finished cleaning up the house, the doorbell rang. Tracy, it's Rahima, Patty yelled up the steps to her. Tracy ran down the steps and spotted a huge smile on her next door neighbor's face. What are you so happy about? What, I can't just be in a good mood? Not not in this book, no. No, I thought that was literally against the rules. Well, are you? Yeah, because my father's going away for a week on a job trip. Tracy grinned. My father comes back and now your father's leaving for a week, she commented. Rahima smiled back at her. I know, right? Tracy was suspicious. A job trip for a week, huh? She asked, contemplating the idea. Sounds like your father's having an affair somewhere to me, she wildly assumed. Yeah, because a, a week, that's all it takes to start an affair. <laughs> My wife is behind me, so I can't tell y'all, but check me out on the Patreon. I'll tell you how long it takes to start an affair. So look, look, let me tell you for real. The first time that I saw my girlfriend, she was at work at AT&T and she was reading the Bible. And I was like, she's a fucking nerd. And then she came into a meeting that we were having with a, a notebook in her hand. And I was like, she's a fucking snitch. And then um, I actually sat back and watched her and I was like, she's fucking beautiful. And then I got a new job. So I invited her out to my uh, new job party and she would only come if her friend came. So, we sat there and I ordered for her, which was a bad idea, but then we fell in love and now she's my main one. Like my wife doesn't know, so don't tell her, but this one, she's special. She's like got everything I need in my entire life and I don't want to go anywhere. Also, sometimes I strangely take my wife and I split her into two people, my wife and my best friend. So she's the same person. I would never cheat on my wife. First of all, I'm too fucking old for that bullshit. Secondly, I'm too fucking old for that bullshit to start over. Thirdly, I don't want to break her heart. Fourthly, I don't want to make her happy. Like, I feel like if I cheated on her, she'd be like, finally. Now I got a way out and I ain't got it. I could take all the child support and alimony and all that old shit. Now, nah, I've seen these movies. That's how people be doing. You go on Facebook, you see these hoteps typing. <laughs> I cheated on my girl and she turned around and sued me for everything I was worth. How dare she? I just don't feel like it's worth it. See, when I was growing up, infidelity was a thing in my family. And I saw the effects of that and the effects of abuse. And I'm cool on both. Subsequently. I don't care if he is. Shucks, as long as he's not in my face for a week, the more power to him. But what about your mother? Rahima shrugged and said she tired of him too and that's why you all happy today yeah because things are more peaceful when it's just me and my mother we're like girlfriends when he's not around I could talk to her she said with a smile but you know you, you can't tell your mother everything yeah I know Tracy said returning the smile our mothers didn't tell their mothers everything either Rahima responded yeah but I bet you're glad your dad's back he's cool Tracy nodded. 
Yeah, at first I thought he was going to come back and start telling me what to do all the time, but he's been all right. Rahima took off her jacket as they had a seat on the couch. She then asked, You know what, Tracy? I wonder what makes one man cool and another man evil. Tracy hunched her shoulders. I would say the environment they grew up in. So you think my father grew up in a rough environment? Oh, I mean family environment. Yeah, that's what I mean too. Oh, well yeah, I bet your grandfather was mean. Rahima laughed and said, I know, he probably was. I never even met the man. Tracy looked at her, surprised. You never met your grandfather? Nope, and I don't want to either. Dag, that's messed up. Well, how often do you go to visit your cousins, Tracy? Tracy answered, chuckling, never. Rahima laughed and said, see, so you can't talk about me then. Jason ran in to have a seat next to them on the couch while Patty busied herself in her room. Dave had gone into work earlier. He expected to be getting off soon. Rahima stretched her arms and looked over at Jason, who was eyeing an afternoon horror movie on TV. Dag, he's getting cuter every day, she said. Yep, and he got all the girls in the school giving him candy and stuff, Tracy responded, smiling at him. Shut up, Tracy, Jason retorted, hearing them talking about him. Tell Rob Ra your girlfriend's name. No, because I don't like girls. They always want me to play with them. Both girls laughed and Rahima got up and headed for the door. Well, I'll see you later, because my mom and I are going shopping, she announced to Tracy. All right then, Tracy said, getting up to shut the door. You a dummy, Tracy, Jason hollered, facing her. Why you say that, boy? Because you're always telling girls about me. Tracy smiled. So, they all like you, she responded to him. Jason huffed. That's why I hate you, Tracy. Tracy was stunned. She bent over to face him for a response. You hate me for real? Jason crossed his arms and mumbled, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a shame, Jason. Tracy felt hurt. She stood up, thinking to herself how badly she treated him. What? Do you just... Do Okay, so authors, writers, hi, this is this Derek, it's me. Um, do y'all have like a page count, like like a word count that you have to do for a book before they'll pay you for it? Like, do they ask you, I could Google this, but I'm too busy, you do it. Um, they ask you for an, a, a word count for this book? Because this whole part just seems unnecessary. Like, she feels bad for the way that she treated him. Like, what? Okay, whatever. Um, Jason then smiled and looked up to face her. Psych, I don't hate you. Tracy then sucked her teeth and picked him up to hug him. Boy, you gonna break a lot of hearts like that, she said, carrying Jason into the kitchen as he laughed. You want something to drink, she asked, noticing for herself how cute he was. What? Jason said while bouncing, yeah, and some cookies too. Tracy called Carl, feeling totally at ease with it. She liked their conversations. Hello? Can I speak to Carl? Yes, speaking. It's Tracy. Hey, gorgeous. Did you take those earrings off? Ho, oh, tap, ho, oh, tap, ho, oh, tap. Tracy smiled and said, I don't wear them every day. Well, anyway, what are you doing this evening? Nothing at all. Okay, well, since you called me now, what's your phone number? He asked her. Tracy gave it to him. So are you going to try and go to the pros, she asked, referring to football. Carl leveled with her and said, I doubt it. See, most athletes dream the impossible, but at the same time, it's good to be realistic. Tracy contested, well, like they say, 
If you think you can, you can. But if you think you can't, then you can't. Or at least that's how I feel about it. Well, like they say, that's how I feel about it. So are they saying it or are you saying it? I don't know. Yeah, well, that doesn't work too well when you have college politics involved. They can make you or break you up here. And players at black schools don't get nearly enough national exposure as they do at white schools. Why don't you go to a white school then? My parents wanted me to learn something about my people. Plus, I've been in white schools all my life. His response made Tracy think about race in college. Yeah, my father told me how hard it was for him to graduate from college in the 70s. He said he nearly hated white people. But he said he had to learn how to get along with them eventually. I know. I've already gone through that phase. I had to beat a few white boys down in high school. Most of them were afraid of me, though. Did you play high school football? No, he just walked on in college. You know, he played a little two-hand touch when he was 12. And then all of a sudden, he just stopped and started becoming a student. And then when he graduated high school, he was like, I wonder how I'd do if two-hand touch would really tackle. And he went, he talked to the college football coach, and he was like, Coach, let me play. And the coach was like, Carl, you used to play against my son in two-hand touch and put him on the field. And that's how it worked. Yep. All four years. You got older brothers and sisters? Nope. Am I asking you too many questions? No, but I'll let you know, Carl said with a chuckle. So you get a lot of homework in college? Yeah, but if you keep a tight schedule, you can do it. You know what, though, Tracy? What? She quizzed excitedly. No, forget it, he said, toying with her curiosity. What? Tell me. No, it's not that important. Yes, it is. Tell me, please, Carl. Well, I just wanted to tell you that you have some very attractive eyes. The fuck, bro? Like, is that the point in time that, you know what? They remind me of my grandmother's, and I used to sit on her lap as a kid and listen to her while she told me stories. That's all. Tracy beamed. Oh, you so sweet, Carl. Yeah, I just thought I'd tell you that. He responded confidently, thinking that the story was romantic. I'm glad you know it ain't. And I'm glad I know it ain't. And I'm glad the writer knows it ain't. Because it ain't. Well, thank you, Tracy told him. Carl smiled and said, So, Tracy, when are we going to go out and get some ice cream? How you know I like ice cream? Because you're 15. Lactose intolerance wasn't a thing until, like, 98. You don't have a choice. Eat the fucking ice cream. Go to Baskin Robbins. Get you some Rocky Road or, or something. My wife likes butter brickle. They only make it at one place, apparently. I didn't know, but I like ice cream, though. Things were rolling along too smoothly. Trace needed to know that it was real. Two days, y'all. She challenged him and said, You know what, Carl? I don't believe a word you say anymore. I bet you just like my girlfriend said, guys in college are. And you're just trying to get some young ass. What? Where the fuck is this coming from? What? Carl snapped at her. He then calmed himself and told her what he was about. Girl, do you know that I could do more to you with words without ever having to touch you? Just being with a gorgeous black woman makes me happy. She's not a woman. She's a girl. She's literally, y'all all call her young girl, so you know she's a girl. You should be with a gorgeous black woman, though, in college. Y'all should be growing together, you know, instead of you helping her with her Algebra 1 homework. Fucking pedophile. 
Just being with a gorgeous black woman makes me happy, but you don't know me yet, so why would you pass judgments on the things that I say to you? Let me tell you something, Tracy. You have a lot of potential, but you have to stop with that kid stuff if you want to be with me. So you can call me back when you're a little more mature. Why are you hanging up? She asked. She was curious to see what else he had to say. Because I have some work to finish up, Carl told her. But I don't want to end this conversation on a bad note, Tracy. So I just want you to know that I like you. Okay? I like you a lot. Tracy smiled. Okay. She thought about telling Carl that she liked him as well, but she decided not to. She would tell him at another time. And possibly, she would show him that she liked him. His muscular body was too tempting for her to ignore. And I'm not a virgin anymore, so what's the difference if you really like a guy, she asked herself. Yet she had not made up her mind on the matter. I really hate this fucking book. One college weekend had helped distort Tracy's already negative attitude about high school. High school classes that week were more boring than the last, and Tracy was beginning to look past her Germantown high days. Nigga, you're a sophomore. Hey, what's up, Tracy? A mere high school boy asked at her locker. Hi, John. Tracy greeted him. Um, does Janetel have a boyfriend? John asked. He seemed very timid about it, as if he was afraid to ask. No, but she needs one. Bad, Tracy told him with a grin. For real? Why you say that? Because she's jealous of these freshman girls, Tracy informed him. She felt that she was too mature to be jealous of new meat. Well, John asked, walking alongside her, do you think that I can get with her? He was well aware that Jantel was a citywide track sensation. Tracy adjusted her earring, which was tangled inside of her hair. It's worth a try. She's free, she told him. Well, tell her that I want to talk to her. Tracy frowned at the idea. Look, John, if you really want to talk to her like you say you do, then go tell her. And if she turns you down, just stay on her back until she gives in. Don't do that part. Don't. Don't. That's a guy writing what he thinks a girl would have said. Don't do not do that part. Do you really think that'll work? Well, if it don't, at least you know that you didn't go to lunch on your opportunity. Dig, that's right. Thanks a lot, Trey. He responded, energized by his chat with her. What'd I tell you about calling me that? She snapped. John shouted, bounced down the hallway. Come on now, Trey. We too cool for that. Tracy smiled and walked into the lunchroom, expecting to tell Jantel who liked her. It was noisy as usual, and Jantel was nowhere in sight. Tracy then sat by herself, happy that she was able to give John good advice. She began to picture herself as a mentor. I've been through enough to advise people, she thought. So Tracy, how was school today? Patty asked. The same as always, Tracy answered. She sat watching Sanford and Son with a long face. Patty said, you haven't been excitable these last couple of days as you usually are. Is something bothering you? Yep, Mom. Life is long and boring sometimes, Tracy answered, falling back into the couch with a long sigh. Sometimes I just wish that I was older already. Well, don't let a couple rotten days spoil your weeks, because it's always a better day coming, her mother perked. That's easy for you to say. You got my dad back, Tracy thought. What if dad didn't come back? She asked with a nervous smile. Patty stared at her. Then we'd be living in Chestnut Hill somewhere, she revealed. Why are you staring, though? Why you got to be looking at me like that? Blink, bitch. Tracy was shocked. For real, Mom? You would have moved us out? Patty didn't blink. That's right. One monkey don't stop no show. Tracy laughed. Are you calling Dad a monkey? Her mother smiled and said, if the shoe fits. But I like this house, Tracy told her.
You think I don't? But it was time for your father to either do right or do wrong somewhere to hell else, she fumed. And I should have made up my mind about that years ago. But you know what they say. If I would have known then what I know now, I would have, could have, should have. Who the fuck says that? Who in the fuck says that shit? If I would have known then what I know now, I would have, could have, should have. What the fuck? I know there's what it could have, should have. I know if you knew better, you'd do better. I know bitch better have my money. I don't know that one. I'm really trying to think. If everybody jumped off a building, would you jump too? I know that one. I don't, I don't know that one. That's That must be some Philly shit. Y'all Philly niggas be on some next level shit. Just combining phrases. Like they always say, don't count the chickens and burn bridges. All of my little girlfriends told me that I could never keep your father anyway, Patty alluded. They all thought that he would have chosen an educated college girl, but he didn't. Is it really that hard to keep a guy you really like? Tracy decided to ask. She had yet to experience pressures over losing any of her boyfriends. Outside of her fling with Victor, she had been the elusive one. She refused to count Charles. I let him go so he could do what he wanted to do, she told herself. Charles would have stayed with me if I told him to. Patty gave some deep thought to the question. You know, everyone wishes that they could just fall in love with the right person and remain happy, but it just doesn't work that way. Things change, people change, and some of us get plain bored and aggravated by the stress in relationships. Patty tried to sum everything up, but she couldn't find the right words. Oh, I don't know, girl. Everything's confusing in this world anyway. I'm just glad that your father and I have been able to work things out for the time being. Tracy grimaced. Are y'all still having problems? Patty shrugged. Well, you never know, Tracy. I mean, it's only been a few months now. She then returned to the kitchen to cook dinner. Tracy thought that her mother liked to cook. Patty would cook a different meal nearly every night. Cooking had, in fact, become a hobby for Patty during the years of David's absence. She could practically run her own restaurant with all the different recipes she had experimented with. She had even made platters for her friends and co-workers for many of their leftovers. That Patty sure can cook, girl, they had all agreed. The fuck does that have to do with any fucking thing? Why the fuck did you throw those last three sentences? This is what I mean about word count. Like, that had nothing to do with nothing. She went back to the kitchen. Tracy thought her mom liked to cook, and it turned out she'd be making platters for everybody. What's that have to do with anything, Bob? Let me know. Overwhelmed with boredom, Tracy went back to her room to stretch out, napping for three hours. She had low energy and was in need of a rest. Once nighttime had fallen, she decided to sit out on the patio and watch the stars. It didn't matter that she had no male companion. The stars, the moon, and nature seemed company enough. Tracy felt at peace with the night. It had soothed her anxiety. She smiled, sitting there on the steps and thinking about how relaxed she felt. The elements of the night seemed to tell her not to worry. Worry about what? What anxiety? Where'd this come from? Tracy then decided to call Carl and start things anew, like a new day, after the nighttime had passed by. Hello, is this Carl, she asked, pulling a living room phone outside with her. Yes, he answered. You didn't think I would call you back? I was hoping you would. Oh, so you wouldn't call me, huh? She quizzed him. Well, I mean, you're the one who started up the argument. Yeah, he's right, she reflected. 
Tracy didn't ask him slowly as if teasing him. You don't want to talk to me anymore? Why are you putting words in my mouth? I didn't say that. Well, do you? Carl smiled and said, nope. I just want to take you to the movies. And what are we going to do after that? Tracy quizzed him again. Say goodbye. Carl responded to her with a chuckle. Tracy sighed as a slight wind blew through her thick dyed hair. That's a shame. And I thought you said you liked me. I do, but you're too complicated, so we'll just remain friends from now on. Tracy wanted to snap on him, but the peace of the night directed her to be calm. There will be another day. All right, then. When do you want to go? She asked. Carl was surprised by her mellowness. Are you serious? Tracy answered, beaming. Yep, I'm serious. Oh, well, we can go out this Friday, then. Tracy agreed and hung up just as her father headed up the walkway, coming home from work. Nice night out, huh? He asked her pleasantly. He looked beat, and Tracy wasn't sure if it was work or the strain of coming back to the family and being a living father again. Are you all right, Dad? She asked, concerned about his happiness. She followed him back into the house with the phone in hand. Yeah, I'm just tired as usual. Does the pharmacy take that much out of you? No, not really. I just have to work a lot of crazy different shifts. But why do you ask? Well, I guess I'm not used to seeing you so tired, that's all. Dave smiled and had a seat on the couch. You remember when you were a little girl and used to fall asleep right here on my chest? He asked, pointing to the spot. Tracy nodded. Yeah, I remember. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She was a baby. She was an infant. I mean, it was only 15 years ago. But, you know, no. I, You know, I got to be honest. I used to remember stuff up until the age of three. When I was like 19, I can remember stuff when I was three. So maybe. Because, you know, you ain't lived that long. Maybe. I'm sure a five-year-old remembers shit from when they were one. That's weird. I should ask. Like, what's your first memory? But then little kids will give you some sort of answer that you don't even want to know about. Like, they just make shit up. Little kids got imagination. They're great. I remember I was born and then a cat, a unicorn, a unicorn took me down a rainbow road and the rainbow road led right uh, into my, my mom's arms. And, and they were like, it's a boy. No, baby, that, that was the, you, they call it a rainbow road now that that's what we call. Uh, okay. Okay. Also, um, her not being used to seeing him so tired, nigga, you ain't seen him in like nine years. What are we talking about here? What are we doing? He chuckled to himself. Remember the times. Do you remember when you used to sleep on my chest and you vomit every now and then? Do you remember how you would get up and do do down your back and I'd clean that up? Do you remember? No, she don't remember none of that stuff. Do you remember the time when you first threw up? Do you remember the time when you had colic, baby? No. Oh, I. That nigga really did dirty Mac the queen. <laughs> this is a good family, he told himself. Where's your mother? He asked his daughter. In her room. And your brother's asleep? Yep. He nodded his head. Good, that little guy's been trying to stay up too late. Tracy was tempted to ask her father a few questions on his perspective on love, marriage, and relationships. 
Yet she was unsure she wanted to draw attention to herself. She was still hesitant about his views on dating. Nah, I'll save that discussion for later, she thought to herself. Maybe I'll ask Carl a few more questions first. Friday afternoon, Tracy decided to wear a kente outfit that Patty had bought for her at the Black Family Reunion Day celebration. Tracy had always thought that it was cute, but she never thought she would actually wear it anytime soon, especially not to school. Nevertheless, she felt that it was safe to wear on her date with Carl. She got out her brown sandals and some wooden earrings, waiting for Carl to pick her up, her first date since Charles. Carl arrived on time, rang the bell, and introduced himself to Patty and Jason. He was very respectful to Patty, and she was proud to have a college boy dating her 15-year-old... I'm sorry, it doesn't say that. She was proud to have a college boy dating her growing daughter. She couldn't wait for Dave to meet him. Tracy had finally decided to move in the right direction. Yeah. I don't think I'd be proud to have a college boy dating my 15-year-old daughter. Pretty sure I'd be like, stay right here. Hey, look out the back door and get his license plate. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, good. Well, are you going in or what? Carl asked after the date. They sat outside of her house in this dark green Chevy Nova. Tracy refused to leave the car. Yeah, but only if you promise me something first, she said, smiling from the passenger seat. And what's that? Promise me you'll do it first. No, you're going to tell me what it is first. Tracy frowned. Dag, you must not trust me at all, do you? It's not about trust, Tracy. I just don't make blind promises. I only want you to come over tomorrow to meet my father. Dag, you act like I was going to ask you to kill yourself. That's a big leap. Carl smiled and said, oh, I'm sorry. What did you think I wanted you to do? She quizzed. I don't know, pretty. You could have said anything. Tracy grinned at him. You a trip. Carl grinned back at her and said, yes, I know this. So what time do you want me to come over? I'll call you in the morning and let you know. Sometimes my father works late and sometimes he doesn't. Is he a doctor? Nope, but you were close. He's a pharmacist. Carl raised his brow and nodded. Good profession. All right, then let me walk you to the door, he suggested, expecting Tracy to hop out of the car. She looked him in his eyes and turned away with a giggle instead. She was wondering if he had been thinking about her sexually, like she had been thinking about him. What's so funny, he asked. When was the last time you had sex with a girl, she felt like asking him. What? Instead, she said nothing. Well, I'll see you tomorrow because I have to get back to the dorms and get some serious Z's, Carl said, pressed about ending their date. Tracy looked at his car clock. At 11 o'clock, you're going to bed on a Friday night? She's asked, doubtingly. Yep, because I got to get up early tomorrow morning. Why? I'm on the football team, remember? We have a game tomorrow. Oh, Tracy responded, feeling stupid about her suspicions. I'm sorry, she apologized. Carl responded with a chuckle. You know, you're something else. No, it's not another girl. Tracy thought to herself and said, Carl, what? When was the last girlfriend you had? In April. And what happened? It was a long distance relationship. And she decided that she had other things to do. And I had other things to do as well, so we parted. We're still friends, though. But I'm with someone new, he commented. Tracy was shocked, thinking he was coming clean to her about his girlfriend. And who was this? She asked, about to be enraged. Um, some girl named Tracy, Carl told her.
Tracy exhaled, smiled at him, and slapped his arm. You, 15, man. What's that for? He asked with a smirk. Don't worry about it, she told him. She was embarrassed by her jealousy. All right, then, since you're ready to get rid of me. Carl leapt out of the car, sprinted to the pasture side, opened the door and carried her out and up to her steps. He then lowered her to her feet with his hulking arms. Tracy was speechless. Carl waved at her as he hopped back into his Nova. Tracy didn't enter until he was out of sight. Patty asked, so how was the movie? She sat on the couch watching late night videos and eating ice cream. It was all right. Well, what's up with you and Carl? Uh, Mommy only asked him about him because he's in college, she answered with a smile. So what? This is a big step up for you. Tracy giggled at her mother's forwardness. You a trip, Mom. And what's that boy's name that's always around here fighting? You know, the real cute dark boy, Patty asked. Tracy frowned. Ew, Mom, you talking about Victor. Yeah, well, I seen that boy with three girls inside of a Burger King, and they paid for his food. How all three of them paid for his food? Did they pull their money together? Hey, hey, I'm gonna I'm give, I'm gonna give a dollar twenty-two, and you give, um, if you give a dollar forty-eight, that makes uh two dollars and seventy cent, and and you you give three dollars, and we'll get you back later on, and that'll give us five dollars and seventy cent, and that way he can get a Whopper with fries and 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 a soda. Okay, you ready? Break. Tracy sucked her teeth. Mom, girls always buying them stuff. Uh-huh. Just like you did for poor Charles, Patty alluded. Tracy snapped. Poor Charles? That boy running around here with every girl he can get his hands on now. Well, that's what you get for toying with him. I heard you tell your girlfriend that he was your little slave. Tracy squealed, embarrassed. Ew, Mom, what you doing listening to my phone conversations? Ah, oh, go on somewhere, girl. I was passing by your room and just happened to catch that. Yeah, I bet. You probably caught other things I said, too. Mm-hmm, I did, her mom told her with a nod, like when you told Carmen to slow down and be a Miss Hot Panties. Tracy was shocked and ashamed. She howled, that's it, Mom. I'm going to make sure I watch where you are before I talk on the phone again. Giggling, Tracy ran up the steps to get away. Patty followed her up the steps. She had been in much better spirits since her husband had returned home, bringing his good loving with him when he wasn't tired. And Patty had a few things she wanted to square away with her daughter about her sex life. It was about that time for a mother and daughter talk. Tracy, are you having sex yet? Patty walked into her daughter's room and asked. Tracy gasped for air with her eyes ballooning. Oh my God, Mom. Patty grinned, imagining how embarrassed Tracy felt. But it was time for their sex talk whether Tracy liked it or not. Well, Patty asked her, I should have done this with you a long time ago. I guess I was too preoccupied worrying about your father. We can wait a couple more years because I'm not ready yet, Tracy tried to tell her mother. I don't think so, Patty snapped. Now answer the question, Tracy. Have you been doing something or not? Tracy forced herself to lie, and it was a lot easier since she hadn't had sex in almost a year. No, Mom. Patty glared at her and ignored her answer. Have you been protecting yourself? I can't believe this, Tracy was thinking frantically. No, Mom, I haven't. No, Patty repeated, cutting off her daughter's explanation. I haven't been doing anything, Tracy insisted nervously. When did she repeat? Why is she repeating no? When the fuck did she say no? She ain't said no this whole fucking time. Patty continued to stare at her. Mm-hmm, I know you have, and I can't stop you, but I'm telling you now, a whole lot of responsibility comes with sex. And we get girls down at the abortion clinic all the time talking about, I don't know how I got pregnant. 
I probably should say that with the voice. She probably said it with because Patty trifling. So, <clears throat> mm -hmm, I know you have. And I can't stop you. But I'm telling you now, a whole lot of responsibility comes with sex. And we get girls down at the abortion clinic all the time talking about, I don't know how I got pregnant. Tracy couldn't help laughing at her mother's imitation of a teenager. Patty had reached the over 30 mark. Oh, don't laugh because it's not funny, Tracy, she told her daughter. Now, if you're going to start dealing with college boys and what have you, then I definitely have to have this talk with you. Tracy thought about asking her mother how she would feel if she lost her virginity to Carl, but she declined. Nah, that would be crazy, she told herself. Now, you're telling me you're not doing anything, right? Patty asked her again. Yes, Tracy lied, ready to crack at any minute. Patty nodded. All right, so if you end up pregnant or running around here with some kind of a disease, then I guess it'll be a mistake like a million other girls. Tracy didn't answer, and as soon as her mother had left the room, she began to breathe freely again. Patty stuck her head back inside the room and startled Tracy. Dag, Mom! Her daughter exclaimed. I just wanted to let you know that as soon as you're ready to talk to me about sex, I'm here for you. Tracy nodded, begging for her mother to stop pressing her about it. Okay, she said, I'll let you know. Once her mother left the room again, Tracy thought, God, wait till I tell everybody about this. Girl, you'll never believe what my mom did yesterday. Did she talk to you about sex? Yes, how'd you know? Nigga, because we're teenagers. They're all going to talk to us about sex. It's not a big deal. Just talk. Tracy, Patty, and Jason sat and ate dinner with Carl that Saturday evening after waiting on Dave. He called late and said he had to fill in and that he wouldn't be home anytime soon. Oh, well, Patty piped. Better luck next time, but I'll make sure and tell him how respectful you are, Carl. Okay, Patty promised. As long as you let him know she's in good hands, Carl responded with a confident smile. He was eager to meet Tracy's father. Tracy was a bit disappointed, but there was nothing she could do about her father's work schedule. Hey, Tracy, I hear you going out with a college guy now, Carmen said, joining Tracy at lunchtime. What, are you cutting from class or something? Tracy asked. She and Carmen had different lunch periods. Yeah, but fuck classes. So what's up with you and this college boy? Jantel continued to eat her lunch, minding her own business. She was still not fond of Carmen. Oh, girl, you much late, cause we've been going together for three weeks now, Tracy answered. Oh, so y'all had sex by now, huh? Was it good, girl? Tracy shook her head, letting Carmen know. No. Our relationship's not based on that. We started off as friends, and now we respect each other more. We don't need to have sex. Y'all didn't really start off as friends. Y'all started off as people dancing together, and the next day you were dating. Like, seriously, maybe two days after that? So you didn't really. You, you, you started dancing, and love put you in a groove. That's what happened. As soon as she started to move. Jantel, with her mouth full of turkey and cheese on wheat bread, looked at Tracy and smiled. She couldn't believe her ears after how eager Tracy had been to explore sex in junior high. Carmen laughed at her. Check you out. What, she think you moved up now, huh? Tracy responded sharply. Yep, and I ain't coming back down either. Carmen wanted to say something about the wooden earrings Tracy was wearing, but she let it slide. Carmen didn't comment on Tracy's new hairstyle either. She was trying to wear her hair like Lisa's and twisted baby dreadlocks. Carmen broke it down and said, It don't make no difference that he's in college. He's still a guy. And through all that dumb stuff, all he really want right now is some ass, like all the rest of them. Well, you wouldn't know, Carmen, because all the boys who have met you already know they're going to get what they want. They don't even have to like you.
Well, I got a boyfriend too now, Carmen responded smugly. So, he only gonna drop you after he gets some. Carmen smiled slyly, as if she knew something that Tracy did not. Well, just let you know, girlfriend, I already gave him some, and he's been with me since then. And you know what? That was four months ago. Carmen walked off with the proud stroll of a model. Jantel turned to face Tracy and laughed. That's a shame, she commented. I think she's actually proud of that. She is, Tracy agreed. Yet she realized that her relationships had not lasted much longer than Carmen's had. It was nearly Thanksgiving, and Carl had finally met Tracy's father. Tracy feared having sex with Carl after her conversation with Carmen. At the same time, she was curious to know if he would leave her once they did anything. Heading back to Cheney's campus after a Saturday afternoon movie, Tracy expected Carl to try her for the first time. But after only talking, while up in his neat room for an hour, Tracy began to worry about the chick on the side theory that Mercedes had hipped her to a while ago. Sometimes, when a guy wants to save his main squeeze, he'll have a chick or two on the side that he'll mess with until he gets you. And sometimes they keep them chicks on the side just in case you start holding out on them. So always watch out for them guys who act like they got iron balls and shit, like they don't want none, because it's all a big game. Therefore, Tracy feared that Carl was seeing someone when she left. But no matter how close they got, Tracy avoided bringing up the subject to sex. After the chat with Carmen, sex with Carl was a waiting game that had turned into a psychological nightmare. Tracy was beginning to despise Carmen for it. Carl always seemed to be in a hurry to get back to his dorm, and Tracy was starting to believe that he was running back to catch a girl at a specific time. Tracy called to make sure he was home that night. Hello? It's me, she answered. Yeah, how'd you like the movie? I forgot to ask you, he asked her. It was all right, Tracy said, wanting to get to the point of her call. What are you doing? Homework. Oh, so I guess you want me to hang up now, huh? She assumed. I didn't tell you to, he said to her. The hell's he doing homework on a Saturday night for, she asked herself. Well, I won't disturb you while you're doing your homework, she ranted. What the fuck? Carl raised his brow and stopped writing. Something was definitely wrong with how Tracy was acting. Hold on now, Tracy. What's the problem here? You act as if someone told you a rumor about me or something. Ain't nobody tell me nothing. And how you get that idea? You feel guilty about something? Aw, oh, that's it, he snapped. You think I'm cheating on you already? And I'm tired of having to prove things to you all the time, so the hell with it, he shouted, hanging up in Tracy's ear. Tracy held the phone, deciding not to call him back. She called Lisa, finding out that Carl was generally faithful. It was a mistake, showing how insecure she was. Tracy was still a growing teenager. Tracy was still 15, maybe 16. She might have had her sweet 16 by now, because... Rahima was a little bit older than her and turned 16. And I think Trace turned 16 in December. So no, she ain't had her 16th birthday yet. So Jantel's doing really well in track, huh? Patty asked. She watched Tracy as she put on her winter coat. Tracy then grabbed her bag of clothing and personals. It was Friday night and she was staying over Jantel's house and planning on getting up bright and early to attend another of Jantel's cross-country track meets. Yeah, colleges are looking at her for scholarships already, Tracy informed her mother. Patty was excited for her. See that? Now don't you wish you were stuck it out in track? You could have had colleges coming to see you. Tracy laughed at the idea. I'm not fast, Mom. If I was, then maybe I would have stuck it out. But Jantel's one of the fastest girls in the city. Well, 
Cross country isn't sprinting, Patty said, confused. I know, but she runs all year round. Patty nodded. Yeah, I guess that's good for conditioning. No, she's just afraid of boys, so she runs track all the time to have an excuse to stay busy, Tracy thought to herself with a grin. Well, have fun, her mother told her as she headed out the door. Jantel lived across Wayne Avenue, four blocks away. Tracy insisted that she could walk instead of being driven, and she arrived at Jantel's in less than half an hour. Hey, girl, Jantel greeted her friend at her door after peeking through the peephole. Tracy followed her in, and then up to Jantel's room to plot. They closed the door to speak in private. Jantel whispered, So what if your mom calls here? She ain't gonna call here. My mom ain't even like that. Okay then, because I hope she don't find out. Stop worrying about it. What would she do to you? Jantel asked with a smile. Kick my ass, Tracy said, nervously giggling. Well, when you leaving? Like, nine o'clock. And then I'll be back over here before we leave for the track meet. Okay then, girl, but you have to be back over here by 7.30 in the morning. Tracy snapped. You told me five times already, Jantel. I know already. God. I'm just making sure. Because if you ain't here at 7.30, you're getting left. Jantel then shook her head and grinned. I still think you're crazy, though. Tracy, with her bags in hand, had her college friends pick her up on Chelton Avenue, claiming that she had been ordering a cheesesteak by the time they had arrived. So I'll just eat it there and wait for y'all, she told them. It was all right with them. They got Tracy to order them cheesesteaks as well. Then they headed for another Cheney State campus party the Carl's group happened to be doing. The football team had off that weekend. Carl's cheating. Tracy pushed her way through the crowd as soon as they had arrived. Lisa, Joanne, and Kiwana were privileged to get in for free since Carl and his friends were DJing. And that included free entry for Tracy. Carl didn't see her at first. Tracy then shouted onto the stage, making her way through the crowds. Carl! Carl looked down at her from the stage platform and then back out into the crowds. Tracy waited patiently, deciding to sit on a nearby chair. She knew that he would eventually come to her. Twenty minutes went past, and Carl still had not spoken to her. Hey, pretty, you here by yourself? A short fellow wearing glasses asked. He looked as if his last name was Peabody. No, I'm here with my boyfriend, Tracy answered, looking away. She was dressed like a bunch of the New York students, wearing a colorful rayon shirt, extra large jeans, an oversized belt, brown suede boots, and twisted hair. Lisa and Joanne were from New York, too. Oh, where is he? The short fellow asked her. On the stage? He looked up at the DJ table. Oh, which one? Carl? Yeah, and why you say it like that? Oh, no reason. I just didn't know you were talking to him, that's all. Mr. Peabody backed off. So what are you doing here? Carl finally came and asked Tracy. Oh, I can't come to see you? She responded to him. For what? I have another girlfriend in here now. Disturbed, Tracy snapped. Well, if you got another girl that fast, and you must wasn't serious about me. And you must have been talking to her all along. And you think I'm stupid, but I'm not. She jumped up to leave, embarrassed and angry, and her plan to spend the night with him was shattered. Come here, Carl demanded. For what? Tracy stopped and asked. I forget it then. Tracy thought about it, hoping that he was only teasing her about having another girlfriend to make her jealous. She then walked around to go up onto the stage with him. What are you doing? He asked. Tracy shouted, come here, Carl, making a scene in front of plenty of college students. Who the hell is she? Students were asking themselves. Tracy was not a familiar face to them. Carl could not deny her after her outrage. 
he followed her off the stage and said, you know what, Tracy, you're really getting on my nerves. I'm starting to wish I never met you. Well, tell me what you had to say then. She asked with sparkling hazels from the multicolored party lights. Childish, just childish. Her highly attractive presence soothed Carl, and he was suddenly filled with the urgent desire to make love to her. I was going to tell you that I was lying, he said. You were? Yeah, Carl assured, reaching out to hold her arms. Who'd you come here with tonight, he asked more pleasantly. Me, myself, and my bag. Carl looked down at her bag. What's all in there? Clothing and stuff. Where are you going? Tracy paused. To spend the night with you. The words got stuck and lost in Carl's throat. He nodded agreeably, waiting excitedly for the party's end. Three o'clock came and it was time to wrap up the party. The bright gymnasium lights were clicked on and Carl's group packed up their stuff and loaded it onto a truck. There was an after party being held at one of the dorms, but Carl had other plans. He turned down the offers to accompany his friends and walked Tracy's sleepy head back to his room. Tracy had already told Lisa that she would be staying with Carl, so they didn't wait up for her. Once they arrived at his dorm room, Tracy fell face first into Carl's neatly made bed. Carl sat down beside her and began to rub her back. He then lit incense, turned off the lights and lit a candle. Carl, Tracy said, face still pressed into his pillow. What? Carl asked quietly, leaning over into her ear. Can you take my clothes off? Carl could not believe his ears. He obliged. Oh, that feels so good, Carl, she moaned as he rubbed her bare back down to her waistline after taking off her shirt and bra. Here we go. <clears throat> he then tugged off her oversized jeans. When he finished with that, Tracy turned over to face him. Carl said with a heart on and a smile, Damn, you're turning me on, girl. Shut up and take off your clothes, Tracy retorted with a smirk. Carl did. He then began to lick down Tracy's neck, around to her shoulders and down to her breasts. Tracy grabbed his head and squeezed him into them, aroused. Carl looked down to her stomach, and Tracy wondered how far he was going to go with it. She could feel him moving farther down with his tongue, and it was too good of a feeling to stop him. The room disappeared. Uncontested sensations exploded throughout Tracy's unexplored body. She tried to move away to lessen the excitement, but Carl pursued her as her eyes squeezed shut, tearing in ecstasy. Tracy began to shake, grabbing the sheets to keep from screaming. Mouth wide open with her fingers massaging Carl's massive shoulders, she finally managed to relax. And when Carl had pulled away from her, every muscle in her body tingled and fell limp across his twin-sized bed. Tracy was left too exhausted to move. Tracy couldn't keep her mind off her experience with Carl. She sat at her desk in school Monday, thinking about marriage and children. She thought she was in love. Carl had done things with her that she never thought would happen. He had even outdone Victor. Tracy began to write out his name, Carl Thompson, over and over again inside of her notebook, and he was on her mind every hour of the day. He was her newfound treasure. Hey, Ra-Ra, where you been? Tracy asked, catching her neighbor walking in from school. Rahima entered Tracy's house to chat. Tracy quickly shut the door and rubbed her hands together to warm them. It was blistering cold outside, Atlantic Coast winter weather. Damn, it's cold out there, Tracy exclaimed, looking at Rahima's thick yellow coat. Her acne had gotten worse. So where you been at, girl? Tracy repeated. I'm in a glee club at this church, and we've been working on songs to sing on Sundays. Rahima answered her. Tracy frowned. Glee club and church? Since when you get involved in that? My mother thought it was a good idea. Well, are you happy now? Tracy thought that she was definitely happy with Carl Thompson. 
Rahima answered, no, but it's good to be involved in something. She laughed, fighting off depression. Tracy could tell that her neighbor was feeling miserable. Look on the bright side. At least you have a good head on your shoulders. You're heading for college soon, she comforted, smiling to cheer her up. Yeah, yeah, everyone's saying that, but boys aren't attracted to the books. They're more attracted to good looks and fat asses. Look, girl, we're only 16. Okay, so she's 16 now because it's December. Okay. We got a whole lot of time, Tracy snapped at her. And your face ain't going to stay like that forever. And all boys aren't into fat asses. Yeah, right, Rahima retorted with a grin. The acne scars distorted her smile. Damn, she catching a bad break, Tracy told herself. I'm glad my face ain't breaking out like that. Rahima sighed and said, look, Tracy, you were always the one who went after things. And your mother and father allowed you the chance to grow and be strong. Plus, you're pretty, and you know how to talk to boys and stuff, and that's the kind of girl that they like. Well, you'll be pretty again, Ra-Ra. This is just a phase you're going through. Rahim ignored her and said, My father's been haunting me since birth, and I don't even know how to act with guys, Tracy. Tracy continued to listen as her neighbor went on. See, that's why if I have a daughter, I'm going to let her be herself and just give her guidelines to follow instead of trying to rule her life. Tracy asked out of curiosity, What if you have a son? Rahima shrugged. I'll do the same thing with him. Would you want your son to turn out like Bruce? You didn't like him. Tracy figured that Bruce was good enough for Rahima. You should have stayed with him, she wanted to tell her. But of course, she couldn't say it after having her own relationship with Bruce. I did so like him. But that's when I was still running away from my sister's lifestyle. I, I didn't treat Bruce well. I didn't either, Tracy pondered. Poor Bruce. Well, what do you think about Carmen, she quizzed. Oh, now she's a whore. <clears throat> okay. Oh, now she's a whore. I wouldn't want my daughter to be anything like her. What kind of husband do you want to have? Rahima smiled. One like your father. Tracy smiled back and said, me too. And I think I already found him, she thought. She didn't want to make Rahima jealous, so she kept her excitement about Carl to herself. 916-633-1537, Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify, it takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser, copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts, and then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.